Salvete omnes, welcome to the AP Latin Podcast. The goal of this podcast will be to cover the lines from Caesar's De Bello Gallico and Virgil's Aeneid that are found on the AP Latin curriculum. Each two-part episode will cover a selection of lines from Caesar and Virgil. I will present the Latin and English of the text, providing relevant clarification, background, and cultural information that will help put the readings in their proper context. I encourage you to read along with me as you listen to the Latin and to use the English as a way to check your understanding rather than relying on the English for understanding. Each episode will conclude with some essential questions to consider as you process through the meaning of the text. Parati, eamos. AP Latin Podcast, Episode 14b, Aeneid Book 2, Lines 268 to 297. In this episode, you will hear a dream ghost visitor warning, and you will have to know the Iliad to get the references. Tempus erat quo prima quies mortalibus aigris incipit et dono diwum gratissima serpit. In somnis econ taculos maestissimus hector visus adesse mihi largosque fundera fletus, raptatus bigis ut quanda terque cruento pulvera perque pedes trajectus lora tumentes. E mihi qualis erat quantum mutatis abilo hectore qui reddit exuias indutus achilli, Vel danaum frigios jaculatus pupibus ignes, squalentem barbet concretos sanguine crines, vulneraquil lagerens quae circum plura memoros a capet patrios. Ultro flens ipse videbar compelare viret maestas expromere voces. O lux dardaniae, spes o fidissima tucrum, quae tantae tinuera morae, Quibus Hector aboris expectate venis, ut te post multa tuorum funera, post varios hominum quurbis que labores, de fes aspicimus, quae caus indigna serenos foi dawit vultus, aut cur haec vulnera kerno. Ille nihil nec me quae rentim vana moratur, sed graviter gemitus immo de pectora ducens, heu fuge nate dea, Te quis ait erepe flamis. Hostes habet muros, ruit alta culmine Troia. Sat patriae primo quedatum si pergama dextra defendi possent, et iac defensa fuissent. Sacro suosque tibi commendat Troia penates, hos cape fatorum comites his moenia quaere magna, per erato statues quae denique ponto. Sic ait et manibus vitas vestamque potentem, aeternum quaditis effert penetralibus ignem. It was the time when the first quiet begins for weary mortals and creeps up as a most pleasing gift of the gods. In sleep, behold, very sorrowful Hector seems to me to be present before my eyes and to pour out plentiful tears. As once, having been dragged by the two-horse chariot and black with bloody dust and pierced with a strap through his swollen feet. Woe is me, this is what he was like, how much changed from that Hector who returned clothed in the spoils of Achilles, or having hurled Phrygian fires on the ships of the Danaeans. Wearing a filthy beard and hair matted with blood and those wounds, very many of which he received around the walls of his homeland. Beyond this... Weeping, I myself seem to address the man and to bring forth sorrowful voices. O light of Dardania, O most faithful hope of the Teucrians, what so great delays have held you? From what shores, eagerly awaited Hector, do you come? 
As, after the many funerals of your people, after the various labors of men and of the city, we exhausted people gaze at you. What unworthy cause has defiled your serene face? Or why do I see these wounds? He said nothing, nor does he delay for me asking empty things. But grievously drawing groans from the bottom of his heart, he says, Alas, flee, goddess-born, and rescue yourself from these flames. The enemy holds the walls. Troy rushes from its high peak. Enough has been given to the homeland and to Priam. If Pergamum were able to be defended by a right hand, it would indeed have been defended by this one. Troy entrusts her sacred things and her penates to you. Take these as companions of the fates. For these seek great walls which you will establish at last after the sea has been thoroughly wandered. Thus he speaks, and with his hands he brings out from the innermost shrines the headbands and powerful Vesta and the eternal flame. Last time we saw the Greek ships return to the Trojan shore and Sinon unlock the trapdoor in the wooden horse, allowing the Greeks to slip out and stealth kill the guards. And since the Trojans tore down part of their own walls to bring the horse in, the Greeks marched straight into the city with no resistance. As we begin this section, Aeneas is asleep, and Virgil, through Aeneas telling the story to Dido, refers to sleep as a gift of the gods. But what we already know about gifts from Book 2 tells us that this is probably not a good thing. The word choice of serpent to describe sleep reinforces that this is a negative, a snake word creeping up on us when we are at our weakest point. So Aeneas is asleep when the ghost of Hector visits him in a dream. Aeneas describes Hector's physical appearance, and it is how he looked after Achilles had had his way with him. The Iliad, the Homeric epic about a small part of the Trojan War and a large part of Achilles' rage, tells how Achilles, because of an insult to his honor by Agamemnon, refused to fight for the Greeks. Hector, greatest of the Trojan warriors, takes advantage of Achilles' absence to lead an assault on the Greek camp. The attack advances down to the beachhead where the Greek ships are parked, where Hector manages to set fire to one of the ships. At this point in the story, Achilles is still not fighting, but Patroclus, Achilles' closest friend, puts on Achilles' armor and enters the battle pretending to be Achilles. The sight of the glorious, god-made armor in the fight rallies the Greeks and they force the Trojans to retreat. Patroclus' character stats land him more in the healer class than as a warrior or a DPS class, and he was only supposed to ride out on a chariot and look important long enough to turn the tide of the fight. But instead he gets caught up in his Aristea, his moment of heroic glory, and he begins fighting people himself, drawing the attention of Hector. Hector, mistakenly thinking that he is dueling Achilles, kills Patroclus, and then, in a moment of hubris, strips Achilles' armor off of the young man as the spoils of victory, even after finding out who was really wearing the armor. The death of Patroclus makes Achilles fly into a rage. He rejoins the fight with the sole purpose of killing Hector as hard as he can. Achilles single-handedly decimates the Trojan army and drives them back into the city. Hector, in an attempt to buy time for as many people as possible to get back inside the walls, turns to face Achilles. But then, looking into Achilles' eyes and seeing the fury in them, he bravely runs away. The gates of the city are shut at this point, so Hector runs around the city of Troy, trying to outpace Achilles to make it to another gate. But swift-footed Achilles stalks him the entire way, and after three laps around the city walls, Hector turns to face Achilles' anger. There is a fight. Achilles wins. After Hector is dead, Achilles cuts holes into Hector's feet and forces a leather strap through, which he attaches to the back of his chariot and proceeds to drag Hector's body around the walls of Troy. Now, armed with this background knowledge, Aeneas' words start to make a little more sense. 
Hector clothed in the spoils of Achilles references the armor that he stripped from Patroclus. Throwing Phrygian fire on Danian ships references his assault on the beach and setting fire to a Greek ship. And being dragged behind a chariot and his horrible physical appearance references Achilles' treatment of his body after his death. Aeneas momentarily seems to think that Hector is alive and has come back from some kind of absence. But then he takes in his appearance and wounds. Hector tells Aeneas that Troy is lost, that he should flee the city, and that he is now responsible for taking Troy's household gods and sacred rites with him into exile. He also reveals a bit of Aeneas' destiny, that he will wander the sea for a long time and then found a new city. Hector gives Aeneas the fire of Vesta, goddess of the hearth and home and family. This creates a direct connection from Troy to Rome, as the Vestal Virgins were a very important priesthood in Roman religious practice and one of their tasks was tending to the eternal fire of Vesta burning inside the shrine and not letting it go out. So in principle, if not in reality, the Romans could claim that the fire burning in the shrine of Vesta was the same fire that Aeneas himself had brought to Italy out of Troy. There has been and will continue to be a lot of fire imagery present in Book 2, much of it relating to death and destruction. This image, however, represents rebirth, renewal, and new life, as the preserving of the eternal flame links the past to the present and the continuance of Troy through Rome. So Hector has told Aeneas what he is supposed to do. Flee bring along the sacred items of Troy and found a new city. And Aeneas listens very carefully and then does the exact opposite of that. He throws on his armor, he gathers some companions, and he rushes off to die in glorious battle. His group catches a squad of Greek soldiers by surprise and kills them. Then they decide to take the Greek shields and helmets and impersonate the enemy in order to move freely around the city. While in Greek disguise, they are able to kill very many until they are attacked by Trojan soldiers who mistake them for the Greeks. And then, Greeks discover the deception and attack them as well. In the fight, Aeneas gets separated from his group and decides to make his way to King Priam's palace. He enters through a secret passage that takes him to the roof overlooking the inner courtyards, where he gets to watch the events that unfold, which we will see next time. As we close out the episode, here are some essential questions to consider. How does this scene connect with events of the Iliad? What does Hector instruct Aeneas to do? What does Hector reveal about Aeneas' future destiny? How do the items that Aeneas receives from Hector symbolically represent his being entrusted with the future continuance of Troy? In what other episodes in the Aeneid does a character receive a message from a ghost? Gratias ago pro auscultando, valete.